thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. This is Up for a Chat with Cindy O'Mara, Karen Smith, and Kim Morrison. Here we are, Up for a Chat, about the hottest topics that are important to you, inspiring you to awaken the change within. I'm Karen Smith. I'm Kim Morrison. And I'm Cindy O'Mara. And I'm covering Bergamot. <laughs> It smells like flowers. <laughs> it's gorgeous. Welcome, welcome to today's podcast where we explore week two of the 22 habits of unhappy people. Now, that's what we've been exploring. We've got the list, but we've decided that we're going to give you the 22 habits of happy snappies, happy people. So, we've already done up to number seven. So this week, we're going to be covering from number 8 through to 15? Yep. Number 15, if we can get there. <laughs> let's hope. Um, so let's start. What's our first one? Our first one for this week is habit number 8. Now, of unhappy people... Well, we stop stopping now. Yeah, go on. Yeah. Okay. We're stopping now. Stop me now. Well, we thought we should review the first seven. What do you think? Very quickly. Look, I think that's a great idea. (laughs) We're we're both looking at each other and and Kim's writing to me. (laughs) I've written to it, refresh. Refresh. Yeah, okay, no, never refresh me. No, never refresh me. Ready, go. All right, so we'll do it fast. So we're doing the first seven habits of happy people. So this was last week. This was last week, which we did. So if you didn't listen to last week, stop now, go back, listen to it, because we have tasks for you to do on each of the days. Absolutely. those seven days. And there's a tattoo that you need to get for your forehead. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I'll tell them when that happens. Okay. That was week, day three. Day three. Okay. So, So number one is stop complaining. Number two is create experiences in your life, self care. Number three is laugh at five. And get that tattoo on your forehead. Number four is stay in the present. Number five, keep moving forward. Or what was the alternative to that? Participating in your life right now as opposed to always thinking you're going to be happy when or get happy now. Yeah, get happy now. now. Be happy now. Don't wait to be happy. Be happy now. That's it. Enjoy hobbies, you know. Um, And we talked about. You know, what is a hobby? and Doing things that make you feel good. Yeah, making you feel good. Actually, we should do that. Do things that make you feel good. And healthy eating. So they're the, the first seven. So now you can go, we'll go to number eight. Number eight is talking poorly of others. So the alternative is to speak kindly. <sighs> speak kindly of others. So we tried over the week to find the author of this uh of the 22 Habits of Unhappy People, and we couldn't find it, could we? No. We have no idea who the author is, so we're gonna we're just going to call him Ron. <laughs> Later on. Later on. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just call him Ron. So he starts with, um, great people talk about ideas, average people talk about things, mm-hmm. and small people talk about wine. <laughs> wine isn't whining or wine isn't drinking? I can't figure it out. I can't figure it out. It's a quote by Fran Labowitz. So then it goes on, next time you go out, listen to what people talk about. Are you spending your time gossiping or talking about other people? Unhappy people get caught up in talking about other people instead of talking about things such as ideas or current events. Unhappy people also have tendencies to judge others. Mm. Look what that idiot is doing. Mm. (laughs) I love it. Can you believe what she is wearing? Not that I've ever said that. No. 
catch yourself judging somebody you don't know, bite your tongue. Mm. Trashing somebody else might make you feel better for a moment, but all you are doing is masking your insecurities, trying to put them beneath you. Instead, try complimenting others. At first, it might be hard, but it will make you feel good and will make you a much more desirable person to be around. And that brings me to a conversation that I had with a coach that I had um, some years ago. And it was when I was going through some struggles with Matt and I was going through some struggles in the business. And she said to me, she said, Karen, she said, all that you're doing is focusing on everything that's wrong. She said, why don't you start thinking about what's right? And instead of saying what's wrong with this situation, ask what's right about this situation. And she said, and it'll flip the way that you see it completely. So I started, I did that with my relationship with Matt. So instead of me saying what was wrong with the relationship or what was wrong with me or what was wrong, I thought, okay, well, what's right? And then all of a sudden I just started to see everything in a completely different light. And it, it was enough to propel us into a whole different way of relating to each other. Mm-hmm. It, was a, it was enough to take us from dark to light. It was really quite, it was but I remember that. It was almost, it was an overnight. Mm. It wasn't like you worked on it. You just mm. made the decision. It was overnight, yeah. It, it was. It was sure. literally. That's how quick this can be. Mm. Um, do you think, too, when, I mean, I notice myself, if I do say something about someone else, it'll often be as a joke. But then my question back to myself is, if that hurt person heard me say that, would I think it was such a joke? Would they think it was a joke? Absolutely not. So zip the lip and I've really had to train myself that because my that horrible feeling that you get when you realize someone's heard you say something awful oh I hate that feeling I can't bear it so the best thing is don't say it or when you hear that somebody has said something like a good friend has said something against you and you went wow you know, you know. Think about it both ways. It's not only what you say, but what other people say. But that's that's actually another. Yeah, but when, but then, but so then yeah, I don't talk about it. it's none of my business, business what other people think yeah. of me. So but you actually have to learn to really because they might have been saying it as a joke or not as strongly as they're saying or that that you hear it. And a lot of the time, people will say things to be funny or to to get a joke from other people. If it's really nasty, though, or it's untrue, that's pretty hard. That's very hurtful, especially if it's somebody that you care about or somebody that you consider to be a friend. That is very, very hurtful, I think. I think if a person, if out of this particular point, and we use this for a day, we just don't say... Anything judgment. Anything. Yeah, we give Mm. up judgment. Give up judgment. I Mm. think that's that's a really cool take-out. To just give up standing in judgment. I mean, really, who are we to judge anybody? Yeah. And who are we to judge anybody's situation? Or you, you can't know what's going on for somebody else. Therefore, you can't make a comment about them. It's and it's all through your own perception anyway. But then the same could be said when that person's saying something about you, no matter how hurtful it is. Mm. It's the, where are they at to be saying those yeah, things? Yeah, they don't know what they're doing. What are they going through to say those things? If you truly don't, I'm going through this, you know, do this with my children often. Do you think you're a bad person? No. Well, do you think that maybe they're going through something to be saying that? Well, they could be. Well, if you know in your heart you've done it with the right intention and you've not said anything nasty, 
then stuff what they think of you. Mm. You know what? And you'll find out who your true friends are. True friends do not say mm. nasty things. They might say a concerned comment or a flippant comment, but a true friend would not say nasty things mm. about you. And and even a true friend, that's a true friend with your perceptions, your beliefs and your values. So sometimes we only gather a friend as someone who thinks like we do. Mm. So sometimes those comments can also be an incredible like, wow, what do I feel when I've heard them say that? What's it about me that I can react to that? So I still believe in what you've always said all along. It's none of my business what other people think of me, no matter how close they are. Mm. The question or the response should be is how do I feel in reaction to that? And does it really matter? And are they someone that's a reason, a season, or a lifetime? If it's a lifetime, I'm actually going to want to confront you about this mm. because that really hurt or I didn't like the way you said that. And I think we have a right to be in that place. But then don't have an attachment or judgment on the, the reaction, on the outcome. <laughs> yeah. it's. I'm not saying I've got it right. Don't get me wrong. And that's, that's really hard, you know, not to have an attachment to their reaction, and, and the reaction could be two two ways. It could be, I'm sorry, mm. I shouldn't have done that. Mm. I'm in this position in my life. Or it could be a lie to overcome what they've done. Yes. So I've been in that position um, as a young person where I, I've confronted two different people. One girl, I said, why Why do you say this stuff? Why? What is this all about? And, and you know, she came clean and good on her. She just said... I look at you, Cindy, and you've done everything. And, like, I was, like, 22 at the time. What had I done? I'd gone to America and come back, you know. And, and, and I've been with the snow back. Okay. Okay, so I've had a great And I looked hot. And yeah. I had a whole thing going on. I had men falling out of trees for me. Yeah. Yeah, no, you had it all going on. <laughs> so then she's moved from Tasmania to... That's the... <laughs> She's moving to Tasmania straight to university and has to make up this whole story about her life and how amazing her life is. And it's all not true. Wow. And, and judged people over it. You know, they've not done this and they've not. And I oh. found out that none of it was true. And I said to her, why, why have you lied about this? And she then said, this is why, because you've done everything. I've done nothing and I had to keep up with you good on her for saying that and then I understood and I went you don't have to keep up with me you know you come from Tasmania I've never been there (laughs) so we then sorted that one out then I had another friend who did exactly the same thing and she lied to make up for the lie that made up for the lie she just continued the lie and I wiped it that's when you go well you're somebody that's in my life for a reason and that that reason's finished now and it's it's time to to just go sorry but if you were truthful and said well because my life is so bad and I want to make my life better and I have to lie about my life in order to do it then you can work on it Mm. so the whole thing about judgment you know so I was judging them for lying I guess but then I confronted them I was going to say it's, it's, it's a fine line in terms of where the judgment starts there yeah. because the person said something and then you've judged it as being unjust or not fair or not right or untrue and then, you know, you've approached them. I mean, or, or, do you think, or do you think 
I think it, it might then come back to the way in which you ask. So if you've gone with true non-attachment or non-judgment... Yeah, then you're not really attached. Then, then the way that you would ask it is quite different to how you answer it. It's gentle. It's, yeah, it's, yeah, gentle. Yeah. it's not yeah. you know, help. It's not yeah. that it's, you know, this is what I found out. Well, mm. Why did you do that? Exactly. Yeah. That's quite a different yeah. intention, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. It, it's, it's the way you approach it. And it's how we judge. And we all judge. You know, like, oh, it's natural. I know, yeah. I'll be driving along yeah. and someone will do something and I'll go, oh, you bloody idiot. <laughs> oh, yes, yes. And it's true. And I try not to do that. But I do. When and comes, that's a judgment. When it comes to road rage, yes. there's a different yes. set of it's rules. A different set of rules. <laughs> but I'm I'll say that in my breath. I'll go, oh, you bloody idiot. And then I'll have to catch myself and go, well, you don't know that. You actually don't know that he's a bloody idiot. And as you're, you know, you you always say, and your grandma said, mm-hmm. you don't know what's happening in their life. And, and even if it's not true, I'd rather have my intention around that yeah. than him being a bloody idiot yeah. or yeah. whatever, because then I don't get left with that vibrational feeling in that moment of bloody idiots. I get left with, oh, I hope their family's okay. Yeah. So this morning, it was really, <laughs> this morning was really funny. I have I was, to say, I, I, I no. <laughs> funny because you know there's a lot of traffic turning right into our street for work um i don't know if you come that way here, but the way i come and it's at the petrol station and they're all turning oh, yeah, yeah. yeah they're all turning right and there's always a lineup so for me in my mind i'm thinking stick as close as you can to the person in front of you so you get round, so everybody else can get round. and so i'm sitting there and the first truck goes around and then nobody goes around and then slowly you see this person driving very, very slowly <gasps> around the corner as though there was a glass of water on his hood. Oh, I love <laughs> And I go into complete judgment. And into complete judgment I'm going... Yeah, all right, that one's different. What? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, I don't know. I'm, 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 I get sucked into road range parties. I go, and I go, do you not think of other people? No, are you not thinking that there are even people behind you that need to get round this corner? No, but even then, I must admit, even in those situations, I might initially, and then I go, stop it. Yeah, yeah, same, same, same. Same. But here, the only time... I do. I go, initially, I want to throw my finger out the window. Yeah, yeah. And then I go, oh, cool, you jets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so there's that. <laughs> then here's me saying, oh, no, I always think of their family. Like, and I really do. I often, and I'm really quite good at picking myself up and cool, you jets, doing that. But my daughter was driving yesterday, and this guy nearly caused an accident in front of her, and she got such a fright, and then I kind of became a lioness, I was like, don't do it with my babies. Um, But at the same time, when I went driving past, I went to look at him as if to give him a very discerning, disdained look. And then I looked him, and he was, yeah, I wanted to do all of that. Then I drove, and as we drove past, I looked at him, and he, and he was like this little old man. Oh, oh, stop it. And then I was oh, yeah, no, oh, that's different. Yeah, no, I know. So no, then, you, that then you judge him first. But if it had been a young girl with pea plates, you would have oh, probably, no. Oh. I would have been really angry because these young people oh. in pea plates, look here, we are judging. Oh, the young people. Oh. Because they're texting when they're oh, driving. No. I think we need to do a week on this one. <laughs> Not a day. We need to just right. pause here and just do a little bit of therapy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's move on to the next do one, then, shall oh, we? Right. No, no, no. The, the, oh, I don't no, think we're finished here. I do not think we're finished. Well, the next one's holding grudges, so I'm just saying, like, that person was texting on their phone. I'm cursing you for an 
whether I've got the right oil here, but it felt right at the oh, time, okay. was lemongrass. Lemongrass is a detoxifying oil, which I think is to detoxify those negative thoughts, but it's also a very good transformational oil, and it's also a very, very good oil to use when feeling down or annoyed, frustrated. It's a great oil for any of those. So I still think mm. it's probably still the good oil. I might put that in my vaporizer at home. Yeah, <laughs> well, it's very good for eliminating toxins in the body. I therefore mm. think it's a very good oil for eliminating toxins of the mind. So as we're anchoring in today, the non-judgment of others, let's inhale lemongrass and think about the beauty in life, the beauty in people. Everyone has a story. So could we make... So this is the first day of the second week. Yes. Um, so we're making it non-judgmental, speaking kindly of others, and see the good yes. in people. Look, rather for the good. look for the good. Look, You've got to go looking for looking it. Looking for the good. You've actually got to actively go looking for it. All right, so that's, go that's, on a treasure hunt. that's, your, that's the task yeah. for the next day. Go on a treasure hunt. I like that. Yeah, treasure hunt. Like that. And then uh, the next one is holding grudges, was the uh, habit of the unhappy person. And then we've got... Forgiveness. Mm. And forgiveness, wow, this is huge, you yeah. know, because people don't forgive their whole grudges and lose people for the rest of their life. And I read something, and I don't think I can even remember what it said specifically, but it said, when I don't forgive you, the only person that's being poisoned is me. Mm. And I say, you've got people living in your head rent-free. So if you're going to have anything in your head, make it pay you rent. Like make it be worthwhile. Make it be awesome. Rather than having anything living in your head that's causing you pain and stress, don't let another person live in your head rent free. So forgive them. Actually, I was talking to a girlfriend of mine yesterday about forgiveness. So she's been separated from her husband. has to be over a decade. And she was talking about some little bills that she was having and some just some little things happening. And I said, you know what? You've never forgiven your ex. Mm. You've never forgiven your ex. And she says, I can't. Oh. No. She says, I can never forgive him. And I said, I'll tell you what. Let's look at what he gave you. He bought you to the Sunshine Coast. You probably would never have come here. You would never have met me. <laughs> and therein is the end of the conversation. <laughs> Our work here is it's done. done. <laughs> but I did say, I said, you would never have met me. We would never have... You know, I, I can't tell you who this is, but we would never have done what we've done over the last 20 years. Um, I said, he gave you two beautiful children. You would never have had those children without him, and you adore them wholeheartedly. You would never be on the adventure you're on right now. Um, and she's on quite uh, an amazing adventure right now. I said, because he, you would never have been pushed to the situation where you needed to go on this adventure, and you are having the time of your life. So let's look at the good, even though you can't forgive him, let's look at the good as opposed to looking at, you know, and, and then try and find some forgiveness um, in there. And it, actually this morning she said to me, I think I'm getting to understand this and I can actually find that opportunity to forgive him. And I said, well, you know, when you do forgive him, you might find things start to change. Because everybody, as you say, Karen and Kim, as we all say, everyone's in our life for a reason, a season, and a lifetime. And we're there to learn lessons. And, and forgiveness is a really, really important part of that. I think it's part of decluttering too. Yeah. Decluttering that negative attachment and association to that person. I mean, there's, you know, Jacqueline always says this. 
There is lots of reasons why people behave the way they do. There may be no excuse for that behaviour, but there's lots of reasons, but it's not for us to judge that reason. No matter what they did to you, no matter how they did it, no matter how bad it is, there is a reason it's happened in your life, and your life in that time, I think, is to find a way to forgive the person for that behaviour. And as much as we just joked about you know, driving down the highway and cutting someone off, again, we don't know what someone else's vibrational DNA has carried for seven generations to make them behave that way or what their real upbringing was, no matter how well you know somebody, because their perception and their beliefs of that upbringing, whilst it may not be 100% true, it's still there. It's true or believable in their ways, which therefore maybe makes them behave a certain way. I don't know. There are so many layers to this. Mm. Unless, unless we simplify it and forgiveness isn't necessary at all, the only reason that we believe forgiveness is necessary is because we think things happen by mistake. So we think that we get divorced by mistake. We think that a husband cheats by mistake or a wife cheats by mistake or a car accident happens by mistake. We think that that's not the universal intelligence orchestrating what's necessary in order for our greatest expansion. So if we were to think everything is the universe doing its dance for our greatest expansion, then there's no necessity for forgiveness. There's only necessity for gratitude. gratitude. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Because a divorce is an opportunity to become grateful. A bankruptcy is an opportunity to become grateful. In fact, it's not an opportunity. It's the invitation saying, be grateful. Mm-hmm. Because it's not a mistake. So be grateful for the experience of that. And then that leads us to the next experience, provided we continue participating. Mm -hmm. And it just leads us to the next experience. The only reason that forgiveness, and and the only reason that I'm saying this is I probably wouldn't have even had this wisdom. (laughs) I've been reading A Course in Miracles. And 20 years ago, I tried to read it, and it was really challenging. But the premise of A Course in Miracles is forgiveness. And 20 years ago, I tried to read it, and it was too heavy. Like, it is hard going. But I've picked it up again, and I understand every word of it. And it's a beautiful text, and it's just like poetry in motion. And the the whole premise is forgiveness, but the premise of The Course in Miracles is understanding that forgiveness is actually, it's simply a tool that those who are still asleep to the universal orchestration, they need that as a way in to the awakening and to understanding that actually the universal orchestration is all about expansion and experience. So forgiveness is no longer necessary when you see life that way. So just have gratitude. And that's what she was able yeah. to do. She was actually able to have gratitude. Yeah. For she actually saw that. That's interesting. Yeah, because if nothing is a mistake, like if the universe, like if you were to have an accident and you would get out of the car, punching the air, going, yeah, this is awesome. Both are options. Mm-hmm. Both are ways of behaving. If somebody was to have a serious accident or, in my case, the Bali bombing, you know, I came out of that not really knowing what to do with that experience because it wasn't in my frame of reference, so I didn't have a clue until the psychologist told me to have post-traumatic stress disorder. So that was what I took. But if somebody had said to me, Karen, come out of there punching the air because the universe has given you that out of everybody in the whole world, you got that. That's Awesome! <laughs> you were a punchdown. Well, I wouldn't have known what to do. Yeah, with that. Exactly. Like, that's not our conditioning. No, it's not. But both are options that are always infinitely available. 
One pinches off and restricts the flow and expansion for a period of time, however long it takes, and the other one just opens it up massively, like it just totally opens up complete awareness, consciousness, and expansion, where you just go, hell yeah, this is awesome. Now what? I'm so grateful for that. Now what? Because I tell you what, if I'd known back then that this would be my life now, man, I would have been jumping up a jig all through the hospital. I would have been punching the air and going, oh, this is the best thing that's ever happened in my entire life. Mm. If I'd known that then. So, you know, it's, I think it's it, really it's understanding that nothing requires our forgiveness and our forgiveness is only necessary because we've placed judgment prior. Mm-hmm. We've judged something, which so then requires mm-hmm. our forgiveness of it. But and so we're forgiving the other person, but we're also forgiving ourselves because we judged in the first place. So that forgiveness is meant to be reciprocal. And that beautiful quote: "Forgiveness is the scent the violet emits onto the heel that crushed it." Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Oh. So does that mean this is lavender? Five of lavender. Same, 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 skin condition, it forgives burns, bites, it forgives an angry heart, it forgives, it's, it actually is the most beautiful. And it's the most versatile oil, and it's the most incredible. When we're feeling angry or feeling hurt or any of those, there is no better oil. You know, like rose and lavender, and all the floral oils, they're the healers of the heart. Mm-hmm. So, but lavender is your dream mum in a bottle. It's, it's, the, it's a perfect oil for this. Mm-hmm. Perfect. So next we've got... Oh, I didn't, oh, I didn't get a chance to read what he says. Oh, Ron, please. Even though we don't know his name. But we've got Ron for later on. Ron for Ron. So he says the negative of, of what we were talking about, which we've actually talked about gratitude, which, which is one of... It's number 22, actually. But let's... That's just going to call it forgiveness, but no, we're not, are we? We're not going to call it. Well, it just depends because forgiveness is still a tool. It is. Forgiveness, you know, like if you can't get to gratitude, if you can't live your life in a constant state of gratitude, which most people can't. Yeah. Because they're so busy caught up in all their day-to-day stuff. So if you can't get to that yet, then forgive yourself. Go to forgiveness as the first step. As the first one. So the, the, the negative of it was holding grudges. So harboring animosity towards somebody is like carrying around, and this is you, Karen, is like carrying around a backpack full of rocks and somebody living rent-free in your brain. You don't have a problem carrying it, but it is a load on your back and life sure would be easier if you could just take it off. (laughs) Do yourself a favour, forgive. This doesn't mean you need to become best buds with whoever has done you wrong. But come to terms with what has happened and understand that people make mistakes. Mm-hmm. Forgiving will help free you of anxiety, stress and depression and allow you to have a happier relationship, free yourself of the hate and move on. Beautiful. And I think that's the important one, remove yourself of the hate and yeah. move on. Yeah. Because there's no, you know, as we were saying, everything's for a season, reason, a lifetime, they're, it, they're there, I'll forgive and move on, you know. Don't have that backpack on you. Don't mm. that anything's a mistake. Okay, so then we've got the next one is stop learning. Yeah, so this is the, the habits of P 
people who are unhappy is they stop learning. So the moment you stop learning, you stop leading. Rick Warren, that's by Rick Warren. It isn't hard to become complacent in life. You've spent so much time going to school to eventually get a job that learning sometimes takes a backseat to life. Learning doesn't need to be a chore, just like hobbies. Get out there and learn about something you are passionate about, like Mexican food. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, and I do like Mexican food. I do like Mexican food. I love Mexican food. Uh, sweet. Start reading about it and practice making five-star restaurant-quality Mexican food. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Learning new things not only gives you things to talk about in the social environment, it also helps improve your self-worth, which leads to happiness. That's beautiful. Well, you know, there is so much to learn out there. Mm. Like, if, if you... If you want to look, like I think of the podcasting that's happening. Yeah. Where you yeah. can pick and choose what you want to learn. Yeah. Uh, and you can learn, what, what was one of the podcasts we were looking at, Kim, was on marketing. Mm-hmm. You were downloading a marketing one. I thought, oh, I'm going to download that marketing one. Yeah, yeah. awesome. Yeah. Amy, Amy Porterfield, oh, I love her. Yeah, oh, she's yeah. brilliant. Yeah. Another one that's really good, Lisa Brown. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, is it Lisa Brown? Allie Brown. No, no, Lisa. Oh, no, Allie Brown. Allie Brown. Really great podcast. No. On entrepreneurialism. Oh, okay. And marketing. Right. Yeah, so look, it's just so easy these days to learn, and you can learn for free. You know, there's university, there's TED, you know, there's universities are online now. There there is a university, the Sunshine Coast University has employed people to put every single one of their courses online. Wow. Online. So video, everything is going to be online. Now, whether that's going to be free or not, I have no idea. But it doesn't matter where you are in the world right now. You can do a university degree. You can do a Bachelor of Science, a Bachelor of Arts, a Bachelor of, you know. Well, YouTube, uh, not YouTube, iTunes has their university University YouTunes. Yeah, YouTunes. Yeah. YouTunes. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's brilliant. Yeah. I, I download... Um, evolution of eating, downloaded quite a lot on that. And I can go to Stanford, I can go to Harvard. It's fantastic. And they're all free online. I've done biopsychology. Oh, yeah, that's brilliant. Um, but any topic that lights you up, you could go in there and get yeah. anything you want. Anything. Well, look at Ted. Oh. Every single night. And you know the new televisions? Like, we've just bought a new television, and we did because I dropped the other one. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I put it somewhere and it just fell off the chair to move things around. Anyway, I, I dropped it. So we went and bought this new television. Is that the smart TV? Yeah. Oh. It's got YouTube. Mm. So I went on and put YouTube up and watched three hours last night of um, non-violent um, communication. So See, I, that's how you do it. Yeah, it's it's right there. So I have to get one of those. Tennis. And YouTube has everything on it. Yeah. Then next to YouTube, there was a heap there. I, I just couldn't. Oh, ABC online, SBS online, and you know what's? Oh, actually, I should have um, talked about this on forgiveness. There is a program happening on SBS. It's already started, so you're going to have to go online SBS. You know what, I can't even remember the name. I'm going to have to look it up. But it's about six Australians who have never, ever had any contact with Australian Aboriginals. And they're asked the question, what do they think about Australian Aboriginals? They're drunks, they're uneducated, they're the dumbest people on earth. This is what these people say. Wow. They're glue sniffers, petrol sniffers. They take money from the government. Why should they get more than I get? You should have heard it. I'm watching this going... 
this is horrible, just horrible. Yeah. They take those six Australians who have never had anything to do with Aboriginal culture and for six weeks they take them into Aboriginal culture. Nice. I got goosebumps. Like, yeah, nice. And these six changed their whole idea. See, this is about judgment mm-hmm. on people you have no idea Absolutely. about. You know how much I love culture. So I, I can hardly wait. I haven't watched it yet. It's online. But go to, this, is, well, this is almost smart television. And then I, I learn about how they have taught themselves about Aboriginal culture, stop judging, and, it, and have, you know, realised that what they believe about somebody is actually not right. So these are the things that we can do, and this is all online. You don't have to watch Instead ads. Instead of watching and, some mind-numbing... Yeah. And it's hard to actually watch some Kardashian, whatever it does. <laughs> but it's challenging to watch three hours of footage on your computer, but you can watch it on a TV. The smart television's amazing. Like three hours of YouTube. I, I uh, sat there, did a bit of yoga. But you could also do your, your online course, like you say, you're sitting in your lounge room. Yeah. yeah. Doing yoga while you're learning. Yeah. And there's yoga online. So you can actually do yoga online. Like there's just, and you can Learn have this language television. Languages. Oh my God. So you don't have Fantasy to see stop. And it's free. And it's free. It's all free. And that's what blows us away. And then there's our courses. Yeah. You know, the three courses that we do, I'm doing the education course on nutrition. You will not be able to get this online. I mean, it is online, but there's a lot of hours put into the making of this. Yours, Kim? Your program, the health and lifestyle education yeah. program, all about the oils and how to use them in your daily life, and mm-hmm. and when you know the beautiful thing about it is, I, I'm trying to teach people. You're not going to come out with a qualification saying you're an aromatherapist, but you're going to come out knowing what oils will work for what situations, whether it's professional in the clinical situation or whether you are a mum or whether you're a corporate executive who's wanting to get the best out of his team. Like it's just, but we go into all our areas of life and how to deal with which oils for what ones. And I love it. I have really loved putting it together. Mm. Absolutely loved it. And then your course? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got Eat With Ease, which is just, it's, it's awesome. We've got 40 people who have been on the pilot program have graduated and collectively they've lost 200 and, what did I say, 257, 257 kilos over the last 12 weeks, which is really, really awesome. And, you know, the weight loss is really just a, bo- a bonus. The main part is that people now, as you said, Cindy, they have a philosophy around their food. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's still a journey for everybody, but always is. You know, like eating is always a journey and getting the best out of your body is always a journey. But understanding why you eat, what motivates you to eat and how much you eat and the kind of foods you choose to eat based on why you're eating, that's really what Eat With Ease is about. So we tackle the mind, the body, the spirit and the environment, which are the mm. four pillars that underpin the program. Mm. So it's it's been amazing. It's been absolutely amazing. It's full on and it's got lots of content, lots and lots and lots of information, lots of education. But the beautiful part about it is it actually allows you to implement. So you're implementing as you're going along and making the changes. So it becomes a lifestyle change and transformation. It's yeah. almost like the it's almost like though what you're educating in food, me with the oil, that's what it's masked at. You as emotionally they're all masks, but at the end of the day it's actually a personal journey. It's, yeah, a, totally. it's a transformational yeah. life experiential tool using those as the vehicle or the yeah. topics or the channel. But in fact every person comes out of this with their own journey that 
That's the transformation. Mm. I love it. And it is. It is about continuing to learn. And and as we were saying, you know, like we offer so much, but there is so much out there that that we don't have to stop learning. We can continue. I think what people do is they they get into a habit Mm. and they don't implement these things. Uh, And their habit is, as you know, um, as I was reading out, is that they, they go get a job. They go maybe get an education, go have a job, they come home, they eat their dinner, they watch television, mind-bending stuff, maybe even the news. Um, the news lately is just um, oh, terrible. I don't know if we need to know everything, you know, that, that's happening out there, but the news is on and it's always negative. And so it's about creating new habits and new habits in learning. So when you're in the car, listen to podcasts mm. instead of the radio because radio often has got a lot of advertising on it and it, I can't stand it can't stand the advertising so I end up choosing what I want to listen to when I get in the car not what they've got on the radio yeah it's the same with television with these smart televisions you know we talked about that so education is uh, keep learning is the positive in that so happy people one of the habits of happy people is to keep learning and guess what oil guess what one of the best oils is for keeping happy and learning blind Oh, yeah, the most mine. refreshing, uplifting, beautiful, regenerating, most incredibly inspiring oil, and it's it's what I call my beaming up, Scotty. Beaming up, Scotty, I love it. Because often when we're in a drought of learning, you just you don't know where you want to go or what you want to do. So to me, it's like beam me up, get me motivated, get me inspired. Lime is it. Cool. Okay, so the fourth one this week is not following through. So let me read you the, the not following through. So this is a habit of an This is the habit of an that will never follow through. It is, and I think we've already touched on this a little bit. It is easy to sit on the couch and make a list of things you want to plan and do. Actually, getting up off the couch and doing them takes a lot more energy. They say that taking the first step is the hard, always the hardest part of any plan. Quit making excuses and walk the walk. Nobody is going to do it for you. Want to go back to school? Pick up the phone and register. Want to lose 10 pounds? Get in your car and drive to the gym. Today is the first day of the rest of your life. Quit letting the first step hold you back. Oh. Mm. And I heard something on the radio the other day. If you're sick and tired of always having to start again, stop giving up. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was really That's cool. Yeah. It's, so easy. That's it's actually easy to quit though. You know, like, or not start. Or not start. Well, for a lot of people, getting started actually isn't as hard as it is to keep going. Most people, you know, you join a gym. Within three months, most people, 80% of people have quit or they're not following through. They're not there anymore. They thought they could come and buy their biceps and those six-pack and all that sort of thing. But, you know, I remember Ian Cliffy always saying to me, "It's, it's easy to throw a tantrum. And take yourself into the pit stop tent and say you quit. That's easy. Well, every one of us in this room could do that. But how many of us are going to get off our butts and get out there and put one foot in front of the other again? And how many of us are going to keep going, no matter how we finish or where we finish? Who's prepared to see it right through to the end? And you know, it's often that last little bit that's the most transforming. It often, that's why they say it takes 28 days to clean out, or that you do something for 12 weeks, or that you take a year to learn a program, or five years, it's often that last home straight that everything starts to kind of cement and feel like, oh, this is my purpose, this is why I'm doing it. it. It's like breaking those those old default habits 
And for some of us, that can happen within 24 hours. For some of us, it takes five years. The point is, do not give up. I'm watching um, my daughter Tanya at the moment finishing her first year at university. So she took two years off as a gap year. And she, the first year has been times of, I don't want to do this, this is too hard, I can't learn, I don't know how to teach, I, you know, I don't know how to put, it won't stay in my head, I don't know how to do this, you know, whole year of it. And we're at the end of the year and she's passed everything, flying colours and, and got it. Now, she could have quit many, many, many times. And it was so funny because she I thought she was going to now take another gap year because of this year. But she says, no, I'm keeping going. So, wow. yeah, yeah. So, you're right. Like, it's easy to quit. Oh, and it's easy as a mum yeah. or dad to help your children. You just want your kids to be happy. Yeah. Six weeks before Taylor danced with the Brisbane City Youth Ballet, she so wanted to quit. She was hating it, hating the the time, the effort, the non-socialising with her friends, the fact that she was just feeling like a number, she didn't feel like she was contributing, she didn't feel good enough, all of these stories, and she was in tears. And on the way down, while we were driving down there, I just said to her, look, I understand. Like, I didn't want to fix I couldn't fix it for her. But I said to her, sweetheart, six weeks out from presenting and being on stage, you're going to have to find something in you to dig deep to do it. At the end of it, you don't ever have to do it again. But you must follow through the season or the event or the things or whatever. Do you know what? When she stood on stage and when we were at the event, it was one of the most extraordinary things to watch her perform. And she got to meet one of Australia's most top prima ballerinas at the event who came out and congratulated her afterwards. Had we not followed through, she would not have got that experience, you know. So I think sometimes those hard, dark moments can be the moments of transformation as well, mm. if we don't quit. So it, it is about, I guess really it's don't quit rather than follow through. Mm. Well, follow through with your... So, so many people, they make promises to themselves and then they never follow through. But if I was to give the example of, so let's say, Karen, that I've said to you, I will be there... Come hell or high water, I will be there for you. I promise I will be there for you as a girlfriend. We say that. And you're at home and everything's going wrong with the house and you've got so much to do and you're thinking the last thing I need is to go out and help you. But I promised you and I'm there. Yeah. And everyone will go, won't they? They will go. Yeah. But let's say you promised yourself that you're going to start a health and education program, you're going to start another program, eating with ease, whatever it is that you've made the decision to do. And the house is a mess, the kids are screaming, the husband needs you, there's no food on the table, and you go, no. Yeah. You promised your girlfriend you'll always be there, and you will, you know that. We know that Absolutely. we will be there for each other. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But people make promises to themselves. And they never keep them. And they never keep them. They think that their friends are more important than themselves, but in actual fact, every time you don't fulfill the promise you've made to yourself, you just dig yourself into another hole. It gets deeper and deeper and deeper, just a little bit further each time. So to me, what's more important is making a promise to yourself and following through as opposed to making a promise to your girlfriend and following through. I think it's more important you make that promise to yourself. And a lot of people don't. Those that do are more believable. You want to actually be around their energy more because you know that they actually will follow through. Well, they believe themselves. Mm. So if you make a promise to yourself and you follow through on it, then you believe yourself. But if you don't make a promise and you never follow through on it for yourself, then you don't believe yourself and you don't trust yourself and therefore you could never be that for anybody else. Mm. 
as time goes on, co-workers start to complain about things and then you start to find little things that bother you. Then soon enough, everybody's complaining has amalgamated into the giant ball of hate. Next thing you know, you are blaming your job for your unhappiness. Wow. How true that. that. If this is your situation, you can either A, start telling yourself something you love about your job daily and make sure you relay this to your co-workers in an attempt to learn to re-love your job or B, if it is too late and the damage is done, move on a sim- into a similar job elsewhere and do everything you can to keep things positive from the get-go. How cool is this? Mm. I love that. In the event you genuinely hate your job and doing it another day is going to cause you endless grief, simply take the plunge and move on. Being unhappy for close to quarters, of, close to a quarter of your life just isn't worth it. Mm. I love telling yourself something you love about your job every day. Every day, yeah. I think that because then you go looking for it. You go looking for something that you love. And I, re- I remember watching a comedy routine, I think it's fast forward, and, and it's the parking meter lady. And the parking meter lady, you know, she's being abused. You know, she's riding parking meters and people throwing tomatoes at her and they're abusing her and they're doing everything. And, and, and she goes, Oh, I love my job. People throw food at me. Oh, oh I love my job. <laughs> they always talk to me, you know, and they're abusing her to no end. But she's going, oh, they speak to me, you know. It's just, it is the best skit about somebody loving her job. And all she says is, that, oh, I love my job. And everything everyone does negative to her, she turns it into a positive. I love it. That's pretty gorgeous. It's brilliant. You yeah. know, I had a lady the other day ringing me and she said, I'm, I'm really feeling very flat at the moment. I have a, a big chest infection. I don't feel good about my health and all that sort of thing. And so I started talking, which oil should I use was the question. So I started talking about the Immune Boost blend and, and which ones would be good to help her do it, maybe do an inhalation and all of this. Then we went on in the conversation and she said, yeah, I know, but you know, sometimes I find it's really hard to do these rituals because you know, I'm so exhausted. They work me to the bone. And I said, well, what do you do? And she's in the community in community work and I said well that must be really draining sometimes and she said yes and I said but you know the amazing thing is someone's got to do it so how incredible that you have that opportunity although I would imagine you'd find it hard we talked for nearly half an hour and then I said to her you know do you find that you have to give a lot of energy when you're doing this job and she goes yes and then I worked out that she's actually a peaceful personality type and yet she's playing the role of a choleric sanguine and so, in other words, I turned around and I said, gosh, did you ever really think that maybe you're the wrong personality for that job? And she sat there really quiet and she said, I've never thought about my job like that. Mm. I've never thought about it matching who I am. And I said, because often when we're masking our true personality, we're exhausted, which compromises our immune system, which then finds out that we end up getting colds and flus all the time. And she goes, I have never thought that my job would be the thing causing my pain. And then she said... And then they plug in these things in the air for the air diffusers. And I went, right, she goes, and they spray Glen 20 around everywhere. <gasps> and I just went, oh, my gosh, no, no wonder your immune system's compromised because now you've got all these chemicals that you're being bombarded with all the time. Could you put your vaporizer on at least and have that to help support you? Anyway, she just sat and she said, oh, my gosh, I've never in all my life thought about my health based on my personality or the level of my health based on my personality doing a job I don't like. She goes, I have Glen 20 being thrown around. Glen 20 is antibacterial killing your microbiome, which then affects your brain, which then affects your immune system, and oh my gosh. And she's chronically fatigued all the time. (laughs) But 
this, this is what I love about these sorts of podcasts and things is that you actually investigate things from a whole yeah. holistic, vitalistic way rather than just to hate my job. Mm. So sometimes we can hate the job maybe because of the environment, mm. um, which is making her sick, which is maybe then making her have a negative attitude going to work. I don't know, but all I'm saying is if you hate your job, have a look at the bigger picture as well. And are you masking what you're doing? Are you doing that job because that's what you were told to do when you left school and you've been doing it for 20 or 30 years and realising that that's the last thing in the world you want to be doing because it's not you? In which case, who are you? <laughs> and maybe go down that path of discovery. Amazing, isn't it, when you start looking yeah. at it from a whole And remember, we do work because of finance. You need to, you need mm. finance in this day and age. You, you must have money in order to live. And there are a percentage of people out there that, number one, can't work for illness, disability, or whatever it is. They can't get a job, and so they don't have the finances. So maybe the gratitude would be... My gosh, I have a job and I get paid. That's a really good place to start. Absolutely. It's a really good place to start. And then I love that. I did like that. And then have gratitude about something in your day yeah. and about your job. Well, anchor it in with sandalwood. The oil I've chosen for this one, sandalwood, because that's a very grounding, stabilizing, strengthening oil. So it's very good to be grounded sometimes in our thoughts and where we're going with that. So when you're having something positive, and because it's such a strengthening oil, it might just help you make decisions based on where you want to go with that. So, what about one of your blends? Because so, so when I, I know when I go to work and I'm feeling a little bit flat, I'll do energy and vitality. Yeah, it's got very good pungent kick me up the butt oils. It's yeah. lime, black yeah. pepper, cedarwood. Like they're very strong strengthening oils. So definitely, I mean, I've only been giving individual oils yeah. for each day, but I could certainly put down next to that on the list the yeah, blends, blends of which blend you could use, but. A totally beautiful combination of oils. You know what? It wouldn't matter which oil I said for any of these rituals, by the way. I'm just giving you oils based on something to learn about them. If you like an oil and it lights you up, that's the one to go for, or a blend, or it doesn't, it doesn't even have to be 28. Whatever oils you love using, whatever smells, anchor it in with that. That's what's going to have the positive effect. Sounds good. Oh my gosh, can you believe it? We've only done five say, days. We've got, yeah, we've got we've only done five days. We've got two more days to go and we have six minutes to do it. Right, let's go. Loneliness. Alright, bye everybody. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what the the habit the negative habit, so the habit of an unhappy person is loneliness and 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 socializing or choosing how you you socialize. And my computer has decided to stop on me, and that's why I'm trying to do here. So, oh gosh, it's pretty long what they're saying. So, give us a short. Okay, give us a. Okay, one of the biggest causes of unhappiness is loneliness. I'm not referring to having somebody special in your life. Having a significant other doesn't mean you won't be lonely. Being lonely generally stems from a lack of social stimulation. The technology age is definitely perpetuating this by means of text messaging, Facebook, Twitter, and social networks. People are so addicted to these forms of social technology that they forget humans require real, genuine human interaction. Socially insecure people tend to gravitate to online socializing because they have more control over the amount and timing of their interactions. Reducing face-to-face interactions tends to reduce social anxiety for less extroverted individuals. Unfortunately, staying within your comfort zone limits personal growth wow. mm-hmm. and prevents the development of valuable face-to-face relationships. 
Don't have something to do tonight. Instead of commenting on everybody's Facebook status, give somebody a call mm. and go out for a drink. You would be surprised how much better it feels to talk to a real-life physical human being. You know, it's interesting. I've been doing this whole, the whole paleo primal lifestyle and I've been listening to Ancestral Health Symposium 2014. And one of the things on here is connection. Yeah. And one of the things that the brain takes in as a, an evolutionary process as to what we've had is having other humans in front of our face for the, the daytime periods usually because at night you're asleep and that's your dream time. But during the day, it's really important to have a human-to-human um, and lots of connections throughout the day. So if you do work at home and you're not seeing humans, maybe you're seeing them on the computer, but you're not seeing them physically, it's actually not good for your evolutionary health or or the evolutionary body. It's, It's fascinating what we're now learning about all the attributes of our health. So it's not only about eating evolutionary or exercising in our, for our evolutionary body, but it's about connection mm-hmm. with our evolutionary body as well, as well as sleep and daylight and darkness and sunlight. And we're, we're beginning to understand. And, and you know, he, this Ron is right in that, you know, he talks about our technology and often I will find myself on Facebook and not maybe call a friend. And we'll text each other, you know, we'll, yeah, the three yeah, of us yeah. will text each other and there will be half an hour of texting and not one of us have had a... A call. A call. Yeah. We do that. It's funny, isn't it? Mm. There's, a, there's, a, there's a book called Born to Run. Mm. And it was... Oh, yeah. yeah. And Chris McCullough. And it was interesting the way he describes the tribes as they're running and how it's a natural part of human instinct to actually want to be with the pack mm. and because we need to have this connection and that's just how we work well together. And you think about how we connect in terms of relationships. Our, we only grow through relationships. We only grow through our interactions with each other because if we're on our own, there's no growth there. I mean, you can read anything in a book, but it doesn't actually mean that there's an opportunity for growth that's occurring, you know. So it's amazing how we're actually set up for expansion through connection. I want to ask you both from the other angle then, what makes us become lonely? And just some observations I've had around loneliness is my lack of contribution. So sometimes you become lonely because you might not be in your comfort zone or you withdraw. Therefore, you take away the giving of yourself. Then you'll find, because I've often seen people bleat on Facebook going, I'd be nice, you know, it's all very good and well to be, I've actually seen this on that, you know, it's all very good and well that you're all having it, but not one of you have ever come around and seen me or I've actually seen people have a go at their friends on Facebook. And I kind of think, you know, what causes that? Well, if you're in that mindset, I don't want to be around you, so I don't want to contribute to your life. And if you're demanding, you know, someone come and see you, well, I think sometimes relationships are about giving as much as they are about receiving. So... If you are feeling lonely, maybe just have a little question around what you're contributing. Have you withdrawn because you're feeling left out? Therefore, you're feeling even more lonely. And why have you been left out? Question your own participation in this as well. If you know, when I see people that say they're lonely, I think, look, I'm not saying everybody's this, and I'm just trying to be general, but I'm just trying to give it another perspective that you know, look at your own contribution in this as well. And you, you know, I, you made me think of something when you were talking and. 
and it is about contribution. And it was a somebody said this to me one time: love is not a noun; it's a verb. Mm. It's not just a name; or it's a doing word, mm. and it's about what you do in your life in order to find love. And that's love of girlfriends, boyfriends, children, friends, you know, everything. That's, you know, the love of the community. So I think you're right, Kimmy. It's about you stepping forward and starting to contribute in your life. Like, for instance, I could very easily just stay home and um, not have friends around and be very happy because I, I enjoy that. But I also love preparing a beautiful meal and having friends around mm. and having lunches or breakfast. Not usually lunches. Lunch is not one thing I do. I love breakfast and I love dinners. And it is about you getting off your butt and saying, hey, do you want to come around for Making dinner? an effort. Making an effort. Come around for dinner. Like, I don't necessarily like going to parties. Like, this Saturday, for instance, I was invited to an engagement party. And I went to the engagement party. I, I, I didn't know anybody there. I did the best faux pas ever, but anyway, um, <laughs> the worst thing at this engagement party, I met the stepmother and the mother of the son of male. Oh my gosh. And I went, oh, the wicked stepmother. You didn't. Yes, because I'm a wicked stepmother, so I don't, oh, I don't have a, I don't have an issue about it. Right. So I just went, oh, the wicked stepmother and the mother, what a lovely, you know, I'm just, oh, just, let's just put one foot in. Oh, it was hilarious. It was hilarious. And then the wicked stepmother leaves, like, very quickly and says, would you like a drink? And I went, yeah, that'd be great, you know. So she, she brings me a drink and then does not come back, does come nowhere near me. And the, and the mother says to me, she has issues. <laughs> <laughs> you called her wicked. <laughs> you called her wicked. Anyway, so I go to this party. I don't know anybody. I've, put, I've done the biggest foot and mouth disease. I've got the whole lot going. But I know that I'm coming home because I've done this impromptu dinner. And so I leave early saying, oh, I have a dinner party I've got to go to. <laughs> and so I created this dinner party that morning. I just said to a couple of young girls, I said, do you want to come for dinner? Two medical students, you know, interns, I should say. And I said, come for dinner. And then Kim was there, so she came. And then Ricky's come home from... Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was just us girls. It was five girls for dinner. We had the best conversation, the best time impromptu, socialised, had a great time, fell into bed exhausted at 10 o'clock. <laughs> As you do. As you do. But these, this is, I think we have to make that effort. We have to have our friends around. We have to or ask them for help. help. You know, like ask when you're feeling flat or, you know, don't think the world will support you or have an expectation without, you know, because I appreciate there's times in our lives where we just do feel very out of sorts or not right or we're hoping someone would ring or would notice and, and I really get that too. But you have to contribute. Nobody can. Nobody reads your mind, do no. they? So you might be feeling flat and you're hoping and you're wondering why your friend hasn't called you. It's not about them. It's about you taking that first step and saying, hey, do you want to come out for dinner? Mm. You know? Or, or, um, and bring, not taking it personally if they can't. If they can't, or, no. So I think also too, just to ought to like to add on to that as well, is to also be your own best friend. Oh, nice, Karen. Yeah, because yeah. if you're feeling lonely, mm. you know, psychologically, if you're feeling lonely, it's because you've left you. And that's why you can be in a room of a thousand people, but you're still lonely. Or you can be in a relationship, but you're still lonely. Mm. That's because you left you. So be your own best friend, and then everybody will want to be your best friend. 
But if what you present to the world outside is needy and hopeful and wishful and helpless, then that's not attractive. You know, like it's not that's not that's not attractive energy to be in. So be your own best friend and. So if you like yourself, you can be with your best friend all the time. I know. Mm-hmm. That's why you love being by yourself. Yeah, I do. Because you do. You enjoy your own company. You like yourself. You are your own best friend. And, you know, we get that sometimes by mindset. We get that by being kind to ourselves. We get that by doing the right thing with our food and our bodies. We, we get that relationship with ourselves through lots of different avenues, but it starts with paying attention to the self. It starts paying attention to me first. And when it's me first, then, you know, you start to develop a relationship with yourself that you like. Because mm-hmm. perfect oil for that, guys. It's Ooh. rose oil. Yeah. Nice. No, rose oil is the most... <clears throat> it's, it's the oil of love. It's the oil of self-love, self-care, self-respect. It's beautiful. It's the highest resonating oil. It's... And if you want to blend, then I'd go with the romance and intimacy because that's the oil for TLC. It's exquisite. So we've got two to go. And we're going to plow through one. No, 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 we're on one. We've only got one to go? Yeah, we've got... And this one's probably going to be a big one, but we need to get through it. Letting negative emotion... Yeah. Uh, letting negative thoughts enter their mind. Yeah, is the negative. So that's for unhappy people, people who are unhappy, always getting negative thoughts enter their mind. So... On the flip side, I think we'll give it to Karen. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> On the flip side, keep positive. Yeah, keep positive. Yeah. I think that's relatively straightforward, though. And I think that kind of also, too, we've talked about this in terms of being vigilant with our thoughts, being vigilant and being grateful, looking for what's good, looking for what's magical. What does he say about it? Well, he says in the past... What's wrong say? Yeah, what's wrong say? In the past, I had this problem. Negative thoughts would enter my mind and I would let them stick around. Mm. They would then sit there, fester, and take control of my emotions and my happiness. This got to the point I actually spoke to my doctor about it and he gave me a pill. No, I'm kidding. He (laughs) (laughs) Just take a pill. Um, And he gave me this. He gave me this advice. When these thoughts enter your head, immediately think of something else. You choose what you think about, and the longer you entertain a negative thought, the more it is going to stay in focus. We are all human, and bad thoughts will enter our heads from time to time. But by being conscious of what you are thinking about, you can push them out of your head before they take you over. Mm. And our thoughts create our emotions. So we think something, and it could be negative or it could be positive, whichever way, but it creates a a subsequent emotion in the body. And it's the residual of the emotion that becomes really hard to deal with because the thought we've got to recreate, if you think about how long it takes to hold, like if you just think of a coffee cup, everybody just think of a coffee cup. You're only allowed to just think of it once. You're not allowed to repeat coffee cup, coffee cup, coffee coffee cup. You can only think of it once. And within (laughs) seconds it's gone. I've got the coffee cup still sitting there. Look, yeah, the phone's in it. But unless you, <laughs> unless you regenerate the thought, the thought in and of itself dissolves within seconds. seconds. Yeah. So a thought is so temporary and it's so far, so limited and so tiny. So unless you regenerate the thought over and over and over and over and over again, which you physically have to try to do. So you can have a thought arrive in your head that's negative, but then you take it on and have a party with it. Because then it takes effort to regenerate the thought and to continue to regenerate and rethink and rethink and rethink the thought. 
And then you're left with emotions, which are the residual effect of that. So the thought might be gone, but the emotion can be there for days because then it becomes a physical experience, which then gets anchored into the cells at a cellular level. And then, you know, you end up with all sorts of stuff that occurs physiologically then. So, yeah, definitely taking control of the thoughts when they arrive and just making a decision not to regenerate the thought. I think part of what we're going to talk about later on with some of these is that who's really doing the thinking? You know, it's as we, we, work, we live in this world as if our thoughts are in control constantly, but they're actually not because you are doing the thinking. So who are you? You are in control of your thoughts way more than you think. Mm. So it's about changing your thoughts rather you know, like you said the, the carpet disappears and so you have to just keep changing your thoughts yeah yeah being well, being the driver's seat one of the anchors that i use when my head clutters like that because then you're trying to make yourself wrong or you or you think you're wrong for having those negative thoughts and through sarah farrand and, and you two i've kind of learned that actually you know those thoughts they're going to come and go they're mm. going to come so rather than fight them just an anchor that i use which i got from our business coaches it's just started mm. It's just data. Mm. And so whenever I have those thoughts that are recurring, I'll just say to myself, oh, that's right, there you are, just data. Mm. Don't have to take it on, don't have to do anything with it, it's just data. And I think that's a really good anchor to hold on to because then you're not making it right, you're not making it wrong. It just, it just is. It's just data. And it's just a thought. It's not real and it's not true and it's not right, it's not wrong. As you say, it's nothing, it's just a thought. Mm. But I think we think we are our thoughts. Mm. Yeah, I remember my daughter was having a dilemma about what she wanted to do and she was like doing all the pros and the cons and it was constantly on her mind. I finally said to her, I said, honey, write both pros and cons down and then fold it up and ask the universe mm. to give you a sign as to what you, you know, what is the right thing for you to do because sometimes these negative thoughts come because you're trying to figure out what should I be doing mm. and so then the negative thought, I don't know, it's just this perpetuation but sometimes it is about letting it go, let it go. And there may be a sign that will tell you mm. what's the right thing or the wrong thing. Especially, you know, do you mm. see what I mean? It's, sometimes we make our mind just go crazy with all the thinking and the thoughts and we don't know what to do. And sometimes it's about just letting it go. And our thoughts, our mind is kind of like a trained monkey too. You know, it is. It's just a trained monkey. So, and not that there's anything wrong with monkeys, but it's just, it's trained based on your experiences in your life. So when you want to try and weigh up the pros and cons, you've only got your own frame of reference. Mm. And then if you go and ask for somebody else's advice, well, you've only got their frame of reference, but it's not yours. Mm. So they can't make a decision for you. So it's just, your mind is just this constant collection or just a collection of stuff that you have put in there over your lifetime which is not true, right, or real. It's all born out of your perceptions. So none of it is real, and you can never know what's going to be right for you in the future. So we rack our brains to try and figure stuff out and put ourselves through a world of hurt based on our experiences in the past and our perceptions in the past and the thoughts that we've had in the past that we just continue to regenerate, and none of it is actually true. So, again, that brings us back to just being in the moment where there's nothing but this, mm. and we are not our thoughts. Well, we'll review these. Um, I think we should. We'll review yeah. definitely. Uh, bergamot, is it? Well? Oh, well, oh, yes. Which is bergamot thing? Bergamot. Where does bergamot come from? It's a beautiful. It's a fruit. Oh, the, oh, the orange. No, it's a part of the orange tree. Bergamot tree. Oh. It's a beautiful little green fruit. It's very. It's it's part of what flavours Earl Grey tea. That's the flavouring oh. Earl Grey tea. 
and bergamot is the one oil that it's it's just a gorgeous pick me up. It's a refreshing, reviving oil. So for me, you know, holding on to all those negative thoughts, give me something that's going to just release me. It's a very releasing oil. Gorgeous uplifting. It's the one oil in the perfume industry that they use to to make a perfume smell beautiful. Like it gives it a balance. It's a real harmonizing, uh, very harmonizing oil. So it's gorgeous. So I've missed an oil, Kim, as I was going to review. Not following through. What was that one? So follow through and start and don't quit. Oh, I didn't even give it to you. It was rosemary. That's why you didn't have it. Well, see, not following through, just to recap that quickly, is often when we're we're not focused and we're, well, we're focused on probably not following through, but we're not focused enough on finishing the job. So rosemary is a very good focusing oil and a very, very good... um, it's, a, it's an oil for remembering. So if you want to anchor and create a new thought process, rosemary is very good. It's opening oil, very good for remembering, very good for focusing, very good for getting the job done. So this week, day one, we're going to start speaking kindly of others and look for the good or the treasure in somebody. Second day is forgiveness. Third day is keep learning, don't stop. So find something that you are interested in download other podcasts if you've listened to everything of us if you haven't listened to us then go back because we educate not that's all we do is educate yes we have some fun and we laugh but we do educate yeah we have a lot of fun we, we do, do a lot of laughing. yeah a lot of laughing a lot of fun keep learning hilarious <laughs> <laughs> throw that in there keep learning uh, it's day three day four is start and don't quit follow through uh, day five is love what you do. Even if you're doing something that you don't love, learn to love it by looking at one good thing about it every single day. Enjoy good company and have a relationship with self, a love affair with yourself because then you'll be in good company all your life. Oh, that's beautiful. (laughs) Um, And the last day is about changing your negative thoughts into or stopping them, like Karen said, like a, a blink of an eye, mm. we can change our thoughts. And so keep positive thoughts with you. So the oils that we're using this week will be lemongrass, lavender, lime, rosemary, sandalwood, rose, and bergamot, as well as I felt that for day five, which is love what you do, energy and vitality. I think oh, for me, I, I had to throw that one in there because it's one of my favorite. So that's, um, that's what we'll be doing this week. I can hardly wait to hear everybody how they went and what they've done and how it's changed their lives because just by changing one thing, you can actually change your happiness quotient. quotient. And, and share it because yeah. you know, don't keep it to yourselves. Because yeah, the one thing we're finding on each of our education programs is that everybody's sharing what they're learning, which opens up the avenue even more mm. for your contribution, but also you've never thought of something like that. So tell us, tell us. We love it. Yes. And be changing habits. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't help it then. <laughs> so go to our Facebook page at allthews.facebook.com forward slash up for a chat and make sure that you do post your comments and you do post your beautiful, beautiful happiness tips for the things that you do. You can also make your comments at all the W's dot the wellnesscouch.com forward slash up for a chat. And we'd love to hear from you. So join us here next week on Up For A Chat and become part of the ripple effect that is changing the world. See you.
This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.